This realm is your realm This realm is my realm From dragon's den to The elven kingdom From the moot of many To the giant snail city This realm was made by you and me Welcome to This Realm is Your Realm. It's a podcast where together we build a fantasy world one episode at a time for everyone to play D&D in, write stories about, or use as an alibi for murder. The intro has a joke in it now. (laughs) As always, I'm joined by Benjamin, the cat girl from Neil Gaiman's past, who he just can't get over. And joining me is Adrian, a centaur with the body of a horse and the torso of a horse. (laughs) <laughs> and also here is our very first guest ever a big welcome to jasper jasper please say hello so that we know that you're here no yes right. hello okay cool ben do you have a title for jasper because i have one uh you do one i'll think of one on the fly uh, sure all right Jasper, also known as Jasper the Gnome Slayer, Gnome Hater and Gnome Killer, Render of Gnome Flesh, Salter of Gnome Fields, responsible for all the gnome death that has occurred in our world. Uh, A truly honorable title. (laughs) (laughs) We've used so many of your suggestions, Jasper, and the last one we used in the last episode, if Ben didn't tell you, was the all gnomes are wiped out. That's that's (laughs) canon. Did I inform you of that? I think you mentioned it, yeah. Okay, cool. Excellent. Um, Yes, I'm very pleased to hear that the gnomes have finally been eradicated. (laughs) Yeah, they were too good for for us, too good for the world. And so now they're gone, and that's on you. So That's right. It's an ugly world, and they were too good for it, and they're in a better place now. They really are. And frankly, they should thank you. So, um, Jasper... What, uh, what makes you qualified to be on the show, in your in your own opinion? What do you do? Who are you? How horrible. Uh, <laughs> I'm not qualified <laughs> to be here. I think you're probably more qualified than either of us, Jasper. <laughs> <laughs> I work in a bookstore, so I see a lot of fantasy books come through, but I don't read there very many of them, so... But how many have you read in your life? Oh, I don't know. Between one and 400,000. Uh, somewhere in between that, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, that's a lot. I mean, that's true of me too, but I guarantee you Jasper has read more fantasy books than me. And you've probably also just done more fantasy world building in your lifetime. We'll go with that. <laughs> Jasper's currently working on uh, a fantasy story right now that employs world building. Do you want to talk about? Speak on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the problem is I haven't done a whole lot of world building because I tend to just make stuff up on the fly as I'm writing stories, which is, I can't say it's a particularly effective form of world building but it sometimes works well i mean you're probably more interested in the important parts of the story like characters and plot which are much more important than world building <laughs> yeah uh yeah i didn't get to say my name for jasper i know i just really ran over your you your did joke. and i did try to interrupt you but it didn't work i was just it's not even that good so i don't even really want to say <laughs> well, it. well after all this build up let's hear it oh i was just gonna call him a wise old owl Wearing a human suit. I like that. It's not great, like I said, but it's what we have to work with. And I think it's accurate. Someday I'm just going to bust out of this human suit and fly away. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite gospel song. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Um, that's not far. uh, uh, If I may, really quickly. Are you going to sing a song? No. (laughs) 
Yeah, if I may break into song right now. <laughs> M. Uh, no, my sister graduated the other day from high school, and I completely forgot that in a Catholic high school, there is a Catholic mass portion beforehand, uh, an hour and a half long. And my husband is not Catholic and has never really experienced the full brunt of a Catholic mass. But we had two bishops, four priests. One of them had a <laughs> shepherd's crook, which I, I don't think I've ever seen employed in a catholic mass and mitchell was having a great time as the priests were like holding their hands over things to bless them asking if they had magic powers that they were using (laughs) that they were shooting out of their hands yeah just thought i'd share that little anecdote (laughs) for my life it not only incorporates bird people but it also incorporates our topic for the day which is magic. Brilliant segue. I was going to do the same one. Speaking of magic powers shooting out of Catholic priests' hands, we're talking about (laughs) magic. The magic system for our world. But first, yes, welcome back to Starscar, Asterix working name, and of course, our beloved Dragon's Den segment. So Starscar is the name that we picked in our first episode, and it's still sort of digging in the back of my brain like a tiny little gnome. Yeah, like a gnome. Like a gnome. Yeah. So I've made it my mission to bring a new name every week to present to the panel of of dragons, a la Dragon's Den. Okay, so hello, dragons. Today, I'd like to bring you... What kind of dragons are we? I'm a Swedish short snout. Oh, well, I'm definitely going to be a Hungarian horn. Of course you are. Yeah. Prickly. Anyway, continue. Uh, Thank you. Wow, this is very intimidating that you just interrupted me in the middle of my presentation. We're the Uh, dragons here. (laughs) We can interrupt whatever (laughs) we want. Spoken like a true dragon in in the voice of a dragon, too. We can interrupt whenever we want. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Kevin (laughs) O'Leary. A Swedish short snout. Uh, okay, today I would. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking for seventy thousand dollars for fifty percent equity in Starbound. Okay, there's a star theme here. That's generally yes. what we go with. The world is basically heavily associated with kind of the stars, and so that's why we end up going with Star Scar because it kind of evoked that this was a world that had been scarred by the stars because we're like really clever. There's some very high level. <laughs> metaphor going on here highbrow intellect yeah i I can see Um, that so similarly star bound it's suggesting that our world is bound by the stars i think i maybe like the sound of it more than star scar star bound also i was thinking about star scar as in the world itself and i was like would they have called the world star scar before the star fell had happened before this disaster had happened like they wouldn't really have a reason to anyways what do you think i i don't hate it i think i like star scar slightly better but just because it sounds edgier and yeah that's cool that's true yeah starbound is good too i guess if this is an event that happens over a certain period of time then it would make sense for their planet to be named after it um if this is just something that's happened recently though does it make sense for their world to hold a star name? Like, did they have a name pre-Starfall? I have a few thoughts. (laughs) Shocking. speak on. Um, uh, Something about the name Starbound, I didn't get, I didn't get that it was bound by stars. It kind of sounded like- Oh, that was too complicated (laughs) that Starbound would be about being bound by the stars? No, I'm talking about the fact that bound is a homonym, that it sounds the same as a similar word, that means going towards something. 
So in my mind, mm, this world okay. is going to lift off eventually and travel towards the stars. I mean, aren't we all made of stardust, Ben? Are they in this world? Guess Are we we'll have to wait for the biology that, that... episode. <laughs> Yeah, and we get into like, what's the deal with carbon in our world? Mm -hmm. Probably a fun one. You can do that one by yourself. Oh, thanks. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Because you're, as we covered last episode, you're very much a scientist. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Uh, I am a linguist. And that's and the that same thing. social science. I'm actually so excited for the languages episode because Ben is a linguist. Yeah. Well, that's putting a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't have gotten a, lo- a language degree if you didn't want to be asked about languages. That's so fair. Can we have Noam Chomsky? Oh, no gnomes. <laughs> no gnomes. <laughs> yeah, not allowed. I'm going to say no to Starbound. I'm not sold by it. All right, you're out. I'm out. Casper. Yeah, I think I'm seconding that. Okay, thank you. I'll see you next week. Get get out of our cave. <laughs> I'm starbound. I'll have you know. <laughs> and you fly off into space. Oh damn! I should have pitched the spaceship to the dragons that I built. <laughs> <laughs> we would be interested in that. Well, we can yes. fly. Can dragons fly to space? It depends. Do they need oxygen? Can they survive outside of the atmosphere? We'll discuss that you in the You know what the thought yeah. I had was, Jasper? And this is so evident of me not knowing anything about science. The thought I had when you said that was, they're cold-blooded. They don't need oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> you know how you can fire a lizard you into space? You know how lizards don't need oxygen? <laughs> you know how lizards can just, you can just shoot that right up into the sky and it'll be fine? I've heard there are lizards on the moon. Yeah, reptilians. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Are dragons cold-blooded? Put a pin in it. Put a a pin pin in all of this. We don't have time. Today's quest is, where did magic come from? Who uses it? All of these things. What is our magic system doing? Benjamin, what are your ideas? Well, can I start the timer Oh, we didn't set the timer. God. Oh, I'm on the ball. All right. The duck is flying. It's because we use a duck timer sound, Jasper. Okay, good to know. When the duck quacks, our time is up. Uh, Jasper, any thoughts right off the bat of uh, magic or magic users or how magic is used, etc., etc.? I like the idea of a magic system where everyone could potentially learn magic. So it's a thing that anyone can do. Sort of like music, anyone can learn to play an instrument, but some people are really good at it. Some people are prodigies. Some people just know how to strum a few chords on the guitar. But everyone theoretically could do it. All right. Everyone can theoretically do magic. How are you feeling about that? that? I'm into it because I do think that, yeah, like bounding magic, like either by like bloodline or whatever, or by like, I don't know. I think that like definitely it's a thing that you have to study to get better at. But I don't think that that study should necessarily have to be the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. I don't think that like you have to go to a school or read these particular books to get better at magic. I think that people can find different, there's different traditions in different ways. I like that idea. Yeah. I like a variety of different ways of using magic in a world. Like I do like the D and D sort of system wherein like you can have warlocks and wizards and sorcerers and they all, and druids and they all get their magic from a different source kind of in that sense. Are there like people with particular skills? I'm going to go back to American horror story coven a lot this episode just as a warning (laughs) hold on hold on the first episode was fine as were several others but the first episode they kind of establish that the witches in the world they can like they each have a different specialty like Mm. one of them is very gifted at telekinesis one of them is about she's she's a human voodoo doll right uh one of them has sex magic (laughs) stuff like that 
And like, yes, Ryan Murphy did throw that all away throughout the entirety of the season. What do you think, Jasper? Um, I like the idea that people could learn any kind of magic they want, but maybe people do sort of have a natural aptitude for different kinds of magic. Mm. And that doesn't mean that you can't learn other kinds of magic, just you're you find it easier to learn that particular kind. Yeah, I, I'm totally on board with that. I think specialization in magic is really cool, but I don't want it to be so specific that they feel like superpowers. Like, I yeah, think that's, that's where you cross too far into specialization and then it's you're just like the X-Men. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, even in like Harry Potter, I mean, there are people who are really good at particular kinds of magic. Like, that's very true. Occlumency? Yeah, occlumency or... Legitimacy? Yeah, sure. Flying? Let's list all Flying. kinds of magic <laughs> <laughs> in Harry Potter. I think we could do like a quick baseline of what we got. Yeah, no, I like that too. All right, we're, we're in agreement then. Benjamin, do you have anything on your agenda? I have a couple yeses and nos to things. Uh, maybe I'll do that a bit later. I kind of wanted to talk about a soft versus hard magic system. I kind of already know what we're, we're probably going to go with a hard magic system, right? What's soft and hard? A uh, soft and hard magic system. So a soft magic system would be something like Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, oh. where like the established powers of people are not really like gone into a whole lot. Like you don't know the mm-hmm. extent of Gandalf's powers really. And it's never really explained that, oh, he can do this and this and this. A hard magic system would be something more like D&D. Or Avatar. Or Avatar, wherein there are specific rules for doing magic that are that they do get into and they do explain to you. Avatar is a great example right. of that. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm happy with defining certainly some rules of magic because, again, that fits pretty well in with D&D and stuff. But I want magic to still be mysterious. Yeah. I, I'm not like a huge high fantasy guy. And I think that mostly in the sense of like the when magic is ubiquitous, I find that it loses some of its mystique. So I was reading uh, the Mythcreants article about rational magic systems, and they talked a bit about the Harry Potter magic system and how it's a hard magic system, but not necessarily a rational magic system, because while there are clear things that characters can and can't do, there's also some mysterious stuff, like Lily dies and somehow that protects Harry, and that's never really explained with the same rules as a spell like Wingardium Leviosa or something. Um, So is that more what you're thinking of here yeah. something where there's I think rules, I'm a fan also... of that like I don't know again to bring it back to D&D I think that like a fun idea is like the players know the magic that they can do because it's part of a game right they know the spells that they can cast and what they can't cast but I feel like a lot of you know like DMs like for their characters they'll use magic that the players don't know because they're sort of freed by the rules in that respect, they can say maybe these are like ancient magics. Like that was the case in Harry Potter, right? Where like Lily's yeah. thing, they talked about it being like ancient magic that was forgotten or whatever or is not well known of. And I like that idea. Okay, so like what we're kind of looking for is a soft magic system with hard elements. Like a maybe medium a rare magic system. A medium rare magic system. Medium system. rare magic I like system. That. I love that. Yeah, medium rare magic you system. Have paid for yourself already jasper and not that we spent a single dime on you <laughs> benjamin i think you should give jasper 20 dollars right now out of your wallet no uh <laughs> i will not all right <laughs> moving on. yeah that's decided moving on uh let's talk about so everyone can theoretically do magic we have a medium rare magic system uh should we talk about uh how is magic use what do people use magic for yeah i mean i think it'll probably vary by the culture but i do like the idea especially pre-starfall or like with magic being relatively rare i think like we kind of talked about like that (laughs) 
<laughs> so Jasper, the context in which the gnome wipeout came out last time was yeah. this idea of a floating gnome city where they have like sort of simple like uh, robots and like it's very like kind of magic tech. And okay, then cool. in the Starfall, it crashed and they were all, <laughs> the city was literally crashed into the earth. Yeah, and, that's why you um, shouldn't have a floating city. Yeah, Atlantis inspired. Yeah. Idiot gnomes. Jasper bringing the heat on the gnomes again. Oh, shit. <laughs> Jasper wipes out the gnomes and then spits on their graves. That's why you shouldn't have a floating city. You know, I originally suggested Idiot. gnomes in a pro-gnome way, like there should be gnomes. You don't need to put up their genocide on me. And yet, we will. And that'll be your legacy in this podcast. Great. So I think that maybe there's like a few places in the world where magic is so like ubiquitous that like it's a part of everyday life. But I think maybe that's not the case for most places. I really like the idea of certain magical cities. Jasper and I were both big fans of the Secrets of Droon series. Oh, yeah. Uh, way long time ago. And I'm thinking about I don't even remember what city that was. The um, city that moved around. Yeah. That yeah, one. that um the one from the mask one. The mask of Malavan? I can't remember. I think. Wow, you guys are clearly big fans of this series. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we read it when we were eight. <laughs> but there's a magic city in it, is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, there's a magic city. It moves around on the back of a turtle. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I like Pesh. that. Pesh. That was what it was called. Pesh. Pesh. Alright. Yeah. Pesh was like this really cool place that had like um, all sorts of magic users all around and like magical artifacts for sale everywhere and it moved around in the back of giant turtle yeah i mean i think in our gnome city probably like the it's just a part of gnome society that they are like more advanced than the kind of the rest of Starscar through a combination of magic and technology yeah which not is that why that they helped had to them go. no it didn't no uh, who can predict they reached too far classic sci-fi moral classic hubris <laughs> Yeah, I like the magical tech society that. Is there another society that we want to see in this world that's based around magic? We kind of have like a couple places that we've talked about. Like we have a, a kingdom that's run by a queen who is like a sorceress of sorts who possesses her daughters over time. Like she's a very ancient spirit who's like possessed. To live forever, yeah. Yeah, to live forever. Okay. Um, she's, she's, like, a, she's a good queen. She's good. She's benevolent. It's part of her It's benevolent possession. Benevolent possession. It's complex. It's nuanced, Jasper. Yeah, I... I appreciate that. First rule of anthropology is you can't judge the culture without being a part of it. But do you think that her culture would be heavily magical or does she... I feel like no. Yeah, she, I feel like she sort of plays a little close to the chest. And Adrian came up with a hero wizard society as well. And I feel like in that case, it, it's kind of inherent that they can't, the other people in there can't be as magical as those wizards. But I think compared to the queen, maybe the hero wizards have like set up more magic, you know? Like maybe that's a situation where like there's not a lot of other people who can do magic, but they've sort of built, started to build magic into the infrastructure. Yeah. But maybe they They've set up like magical wards and walls to protect them from like the outside kind of starfowl regions. Or maybe they, I don't know. I was going to say like magical plumbing. Like I'm Ooh. not that, but Just like stuff that would help Just shoot your shit right in space. <laughs> Just gone. <laughs> Up there with the lizards. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that it's in the character that we've sort of established for that council of hero wizards to use, share their magic in a way that is making life easier or safer for their citizens. Yeah, definitely. Jasper, is there any, like, society that comes to mind that you would like to see that's maybe, like, Pesh-inspired, where it is, like, an entirely magical society? Are you not down for that? Um, I'm down for that. Uh, nothing's jumping to mind immediately, except we probably can't put a city on the back of a giant turtle. We cannot do that. We cannot a do that. A giant lizard. <laughs> <in space. laughs> Ooh. Ooh. All right. I like 
the idea of a moving city. I would like if that was a new thing, like a post Starfall thing where like there was a city and then after the Starfall, like a giant thing rose up out of the ground and the city was like, well, <laughs> I guess we're a moving city now. <laughs> so it's another floating city. But I like that's cool because the people are not, they have no control over it. And I think that's the fun aspect. What about a city on the back of a giant snail and it just moves really slowly? <laughs> <laughs> what about the a city inside something? Like something magical grew inside out of the Inside a giant snail. Yeah. Oh, I actually don't hate that. Oh, really? Okay. Like inside its I don't shell? Know. Inside of an animal of sorts? Like to get to the city, you have to go inside. Like this is Monster of the Whale from Pinocchio. Great. And you got to go in to it. Oh, no, you're afraid of that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Jasper's afraid of getting eaten by a whale. That's very specific. Yes, one of my many strange fears. I'm, so I'm going back to some of our nations that we established. Elves are often like a very magical society. But in our case, so another Jasper suggestion, feudalism, but for real this time, we ended up applying that to our elven nation because that sort of made some kind of sense in that they're both like old. Excellent. <laughs> Again, the higher the high level of nuance that we're operating on here. Elves and feudalism is are both old. Huge, <laughs> um, huge brain energy. Are feudalist elves as magical as elves in some other stories? I'm pro elven magic, but I'm think I'm also possibly the only person on this podcast who is very pro elf. Well, that's why it's important that you're here. You're <laughs> so to represent elves get balanced and yeah, kill the balanced gnomes. treatment. In a feudalist society, you wouldn't really want to allow access to magic for everyone because that could lead to the upsetting of the social hierarchy. Certainly. So would it just be the high elves that use magic? The kind of nobility. Or the priests. Right. And I guess the question is, is magic something that you can learn and they just bar people from, or elves from learning it? Or is it a case where only certain elves can use magic and therefore they... They become, became the nobility. Yeah, the nobility. Ooh. I like the idea of access to magic being restricted by higher classes of elf. What I mean, it could all they could also literally magically restrict access. Like yeah. that people of the lower classes are magically cut off yeah. from magic. Yeah. Restrict access to the lower class. If we're going for like a religious angle on that as well, like that could play heavily into the elven religion. Wherein like maybe high priests or something can use magic and they're like, oh, this is a sign from elf god. Like the divine right to rule. Divine right to rule, etc. I mean, what if the elf version of divine right to rule is like magical right to rule? But that's the con of this whole society is that originally like the high elves or whatever put themselves on top because they're like, maybe they're all born with magic. So maybe they're like, this is magic telling us that we are should be in charge, but they're actually the ones keeping everyone else down by magically cutting them off or something yeah i'm into that is it a known thing that they're keeping people cut off with magic or is this something that they're doing secretly and people haven't found out i feel like like it's secret like i feel like it's a known among the nobility like the highest nobles and the most powerful magic users because they probably have to maintain it but but i I would imagine most people in the the working class and like the or the i shouldn't keep saying working class because it's not really feudalism it's like the surf the surfs the peasant yeah. class. Working class is a capitalism thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that for elf society. Backing up to our completely magical society, I like the idea of coming up with a new one as well. Sure. So why don't we go back to this idea of this city that's been, something has happened to it because of the starfall. It is inside magic now. the shell of a giant snail. Could, that's cool. Inside the shell is really cool. You can't really live inside something big, right? Like inside its tummy, it's, it's digest- again, back to science. A digest- <laughs> the digestive juices would melt 
all of the whole city, right? Yeah, that's yeah. science. That's science. So I think a shell makes sense. Oh my god, science. Uh, is the snail dead? Is the snail no. dead? I hope not. But no, I think it's moving around very slow. To go back to science really quickly. um, If the snail goes back into its shell, it could crush the city. Maybe that's like a prophecy that one day the snail will want to take a nap and then we'll all die. (laughs) Why would you live in that city? So snail, you're saying, again, back to science, snails go into their shells completely sometimes. Yeah. Like the classic image of a snail is it's sort of its butt is in the shell and then it's sticking its front out. But it lives in the shell. Like it can go into the shell. That's it. That's why it has a shell. Yeah. Is the city on top of the shell? No. What oh, that's just... ridiculous. Like, why? They... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying that's ridiculous. I'm just saying that's kind of that's kind of boring. Like, if you have a snail shell, the cool thing is the spiral, not the top. <laughs> what if it's in that's the true. grooves of the shell? Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, big deep grooves and going all around. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay, wait. Oh, I'm having trouble. And I guess it would have to be magic because otherwise, picture the outside of a shell. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Magically held up. So, like, picture, like, these deep grooves, because the snail's so big. Yeah. And, like, all these little houses kind of going around the outside spiral of the shell. And kind of held on by magic. They're all, like, tipping to the side, etc. It's kind of like how, how everyone would fall off Australia. So you're saying they have Science. their own... Yes. The snail has its own gravity. No, I'm saying that magically induced gravity. Yeah, no, that's what I meant. I, again, I wasn't saying in a science way. Was this... A pre-Starfall or a post-Starfall thing? Because, like, if it was post-Starfall, was, like, the city on the ground, and then the shell came up, and then the snail came up, and then it started to scoot around. (laughs) I like the idea of, like, this giant snail rolled past. Hey, how about we build our house on that giant snail? And then people just kind of went there and they started like this little this little city in the, in the snail. Okay, so people went there. Were the people magic or were the regular people who fled to If the idea was they discovered that this giant snail projects gravity and that they could stand on the side of the snail they could build houses there and stuff i don't think the snail has its own gravity i don't think it's that big <laughs> no no i don't mean in a science way i mean in a magic way magic gravity i just well, I mean that, that you are it's sticky and you can stick to the side of it <laughs> that's just the mucus. i think that that's kind of ridiculous to be like oh the starfall made the snail fucking huge and also now you can stick to its side because it has its own gravity field. It well, did these I- <laughs> very two specific things to it that enable people to am live I on it. Misunderstanding? Okay, I'm going to screen share really quick my screen. What else would you share with screen share? Snails. Everybody at home, Google snail shell. Yeah, follow along. I'm clicking on the third picture of a snail shell, which is a sort of brown one. And I'm tracing my mouse over the grooves. Are you saying the houses are on top of here? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, if it's big enough, like, those things would be pretty deep, right? Yeah. So there's n- enough room for yeah. buildings and stuff. Yeah. Okay. I understand. Okay. So the regular gravity still applies. Well, I'm thinking that, like, the magical people who flock there, they can build their houses on the side. So, like, why not flaunt that? So, Ben, what you're saying is there is some kind of magical gravity that is allowing people to build their houses in a place where they normally fall. Yes, but the snail is not producing the gravity. Or is it? Science says no! Yeah, we should get a Nobel Prize for all the science on this show. (laughs) Yeah, what what, what are you... you, Literally, you are now Neil deGrasse Tyson being like, that's not where the stars were in Titanic. (laughs) No, I'm just saying... 
It's silly to have. It's silly <laughs> to have a giant snail that produces its own gravity. Why is that? Silly? I like because those are two very specific things that I don't feel like a magic event would just cause, you know? I don't think it was like magic struck this regular snail and it grew really big. I was thinking it was a thing where we were talking about how the starfall awoke some things that were slumbering beneath the surface. I yeah. think that this maybe giant snail came up out of the ground. Or maybe the snail fell from space and already had the city on it. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going back to science, how would the city have <laughs> survived going, entering atmosphere? <laughs> No, I like, I was the- Science has ruined this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're all going home. See you, folks. This duck's never going to land. I'm cool with it being like an ancient monster that was woken up. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of people having like flocked there and then using okay. their own magical gravity. Like, I don't. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Applied magical gravity. Applied magical snail. gravity to sense. the snail. That yeah. makes sense. It's too. this that ancient actually, beast yeah, you're right. that magic users are like, oh, we're going to, like, it's cool to live on this big old. Well, I don't think it's just that it's cool. I think that it's safe, right? Like, who's going to fuck with this giant snail? It's like, it has to be so big, right? That, like, even a dragon, like, it's a snail. It's obviously not going to fight a dragon, but what is the dragon going to do to it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's move on. We only have 26 minutes left. Oh, God. (laughs) What else do we need to talk about? Limits of magic. Yeah, what are the limits of magic? What can magic not do in this world? Here's where I have some no's. To go back to American Horror Story Coven... Uh, oh, I don't no. think that resurrection should be possible. I At disagree. At all? Jasper disagrees. Jasper, speak I on I want to hear Jasper first. Okay, I think that there could be limits on what resurrection can achieve, but I think you should be able to resurrect or animate dead bodies at least maybe you can't bring souls back that's what i'm saying okay i'm in agreement with that you can make a revenue so reanimation we're differentiating here between reanimation and resurrection i guess so we're saying reanimation is reanimating bodies for like zombies and vampires and stuff and resurrection is bringing a real person back to life just how they were yeah we're like grandma bites it and you're like oh i could easily bring her back and she's like oh Top of the morning to... Uh, she's Irish in this example. Top of the morning to you, laddies. Let me put in some... Let me pop in some cookies into the oven. And then it's fine. And then no, you just please keep going, back. Ben. I clearly <laughs> oh, wanted to... Oh, I, I need the oven <laughs> that was a joke. because my undead hands are going to get burnt. Okay. I want to talk about vampires for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Because of course yeah, I do. Us. Are your vampires undead or are they infected because if they are undead and are being resurrected presumably they still have some sort of personality and mind and so that's going to mess with your no resurrection well you tell us jasper we haven't established anything about our vampires other than that they um live in hobbiton right yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are so many different kinds of vampires that you could go with. Goodness, I mean, don't I get think me started in, on vampires, right? We'll do in that Buffy, the idea ones, was so. the body is reanimated, but there's no soul, and there's like a demon occupying the body, and that's kind of like the vampire, right? Right, and then they kind of throw that out the window and are never particularly consistent with it. Right. I guess the idea is, what is a soul in this world? <laughs> Great <laughs> to get question. really philosophical here, that's what the but like. <laughs> What is a soul? Is it someone's consciousness? Is it something else that's undefined? Because do our souls even a thing in this world, really? Or is it just consciousness? Because in that case with vampires, if their consciousness is surviving after their transformation or resurrection, then they're still mostly the same person. 
That's true. Or if it's just now they they can run really fast and they can <laughs> fall in love with a woman <laughs> with a seventeen year old girl in Forks, Washington. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely those vampire stories. There's definitely those vampire stories. There's definitely vampire stories where the person is like, I'm a vampire now. Like, I have to deal with this. I'm the same person, but now I'm a vampire. Yeah. I mean, is that the only way you can come back from the dead? Benjamin, what is your what is your what is your deal with no resurrection? I feel like resurrection oftentimes leads to lazy storytelling. Yeah, it's just like, oh, we're running out of conflict because the characters are all dying. Well, maybe don't kill your characters then. Don't just bring them back and there's nothing to it. Like, you just are able to do that. Like, that has so many repercussions spiritually. That has so many repercussions politically. Like, also, it, I hear you. it affects every for- part of the world. I'm cool if there's a consequence or if there's like a side effect to it. Like, if you can bring them back as a revenant or something, that's, I'm cool with that. If they come back as a vampire, obviously there's downsides to being a vampire as much as there right, are Right, like there's a cost, yeah. No, I'm totally, I'm totally on the same page because like, you know, in D&D, like, Raise Dead is I think like a fifth level spell. And so partway through any D&D game that goes for long enough that doesn't have special rules about resurrection, death does become trivial. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. I think my my only beef with resurrection spells are the ones that just bring bring people back and there's no consequences of any sort. Right. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that. Cool. People never really go into the political consequences. Because, like, it's the whole thing where, like, if the king dies and his court wizard can just, like, bring him back, like, that would totally change politics. Also, no time travel spells. I agree on that one. Ooh. So that's a hard rule. Hard rule. No time travel. If there was time travel... Well, we've seen many problems with time travel <laughs> yep. in various stories, and it just opens up a whole big can of worms as to like why things aren't changed in the past or why things are a certain way when you can just go back and fix them. Oh, like, yeah. You can explain- No resurrection, no time travel. Good. I'm cool with How that. How much time do we have? We have nine, 18 minutes left. Holy, we haven't rolled once. Well, we can do that now. Let's do it. Okay. Do you, let's let Jasper roll first. Okay. Yeah, Jasper, our first guest I've got roll a seven. Ever. All right, interesting. This is a suggestion from Jonsetra via Chris. Changing gender easily in ubiquitous magic societies. Oh, I'm the perfect guest for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on that, seeing as you rolled it? Yes. Yes to that? Yeah, I think that makes total sense. Gender is such a complicated thing. Changing it magically would make life so much easier. That is very true. Um, I guess we should clarify, you're changing... This isn't so much changing gender as changing sex easily. Yeah, I guess that's right. It wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. Because presumably people still, yeah, they have their own, whatever their own gender identity is. Identities, yeah. Your idea of self. That'd be strange. That gets really complicated. (laughs) Can you change your personality with magic or the very, the most core elements of who you are? (laughs) Ooh, let's talk about that for a second. Can you change your personality with magic? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No, well, that, that seems so, yeah. <laughs> I wish you could. If I wish you're I could. A dick, <laughs> yeah, Brian in sales is a real asshole. Let's yeah. cast that a spell on him. I was going to make that joke. I was going to be like, I wish I could so I could change Benjamin's personality. <laughs> uh, fucking rude. Just kidding. I'm kidding. It's a, it's a, it's a joke. It's a fun thing that we do. Where yeah, me and Ben are so mean to each other on I this podcast. I haven't said anything what? to you this podcast <laughs> that's mean. Uh, I feel like you have. What did I say? Okay, I don't, you're right. I yeah, don't yeah, have yeah. any receipts. That's what I thought. Okay, we definitely have a different dynamic on the podcast than we do in real life, I think. Can attest, yeah. 
I'm trying to be um, nicer, honestly. Um, Benjamin is meaner than this in real I'm life. Not mean. <laughs> no, he's I'm not. I'm very nice. You are, I'm yeah. again a little mean. Going back to the first editing, the first episode, Ben comes across like so sweet, and I feel like <gasps> I'm such a like little like. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear it's that a little demon. All right, so are we cool with number seven? Changing gender easily, yeah. ubiquitous magic society. Great. And that could totally, when we get into like elves or whatever, like, or, or just like our magic, our super magical societies, that would change like just like the treatment of, of gender or, or sex or whatever in that society period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. Maybe to speak on this on a different episode, but like, because we're only 15 minutes left, but like how gender is perceived and treated is, would be a, obviously directly affected by this. I mean, one thing I can think of is politically, if you're talking about like, since our elves are feudal, if you're talking about dynastic succession, that totally, it allows for, basically it allows for same sex couples to, to like reproduce and have a dynasty. Hell yeah. Because they could just, oh, yeah. uh, I guess you would just hot swap, <laughs> hot swap <laughs> into a female body for the duration of pregnancy. And then you go back if, if you know, if you want, you can go back to that after you're done. That's sort of like, um, have either of you read Ursula K. Le Guin's um, Left Hand of Darkness? No. No. Okay, it's sort of like that. We'll talk about it in the gender episode. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> we'll definitely invite you back on for the gender yeah, yeah, yeah. episode. Fantastic. And the vampire episode. Yeah, as the expert on both just of those the, things. Probably just the, <laughs> the elves episode, too. Yeah, probably every episode. <laughs> Two, using Stardust as a power source for magic. That comes from my husband. Uh, using Stardust as a power source of magic. I... We did talk about it being brought to the world by Apocalypse. Yeah, if you have more Stardust, are you able to do more complicated spells? Just like, oh, like in your Stardust hand. can be a thing that you gather and use? Yeah. That's cool. I don't know if I like it as the source for magic. Okay. But maybe it's uh, it empowers magic? Like Maybe like magic wands are made with a, like a Stardust-infused stone or whatever. Sure, as, um, I like that. The tip of it or something, right? It's a it's a conductor, maybe. Stardust empowers magic, and it'd be relatively rare, I'd imagine, too, right? Yeah, I mean, more common after the Starfall, which is maybe part of why of how magic effect was affected by the Starfall. Okay, I don't think we need to really talk about that a whole lot more. Yeah, what do we? What is Stardust in real life? <laughs> it's a book by Neil Gaiman where he has sex with a camera. <laughs> <laughs> we keep talking about Stardust, and I feel like I'm pretending to know exactly what it is, and I don't know. I'm thinking of like. Mm, meteorite fragment sort of deal like stardust okay. like stardust i'm right. thinking is like of a golden powder almost that could be okay. put into the center of a wand or could be could uh, uh, cover could yourself in it in rub a it drink. all over yourself maybe you consume it a drink. i feel like it'd be dangerous i feel like it's it's yeah. powerful and magically potent you could turn into a chicken or something like that but <laughs> this is science this is science okay should we roll again yeah your turn okay adrian forgot his dice this time He's ragging on me a lot last episode. I'm so sad. Not a lot, a little bit. I could roll for you. Jasper can roll for you. Yeah, Jasper, can you roll on my behalf, please? Yes. We have 11 minutes left also. Uh, Six. 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 Ingesting Stardust (laughs) in order to gain more power despite dangers. That is also from Mitchell. Oh, Mitchell. Oh, my God. Literally scooped us because we were talking. I said the thing about drinking up Stardust in a drink and he got there first. Let me tell you about my husband. He's so brilliant. And yeah, he has a lot of stuff on this table that has to do with Stardust and like the powers of <laughs> Stardust, etc. Ingesting Stardust in order to gain more power despite danger. So he was saying maybe there is something powerfully magical 
Yeah, just kind of what we were just talking about. There's a chance if you ingest it that you could become more powerfully magical. Maybe you could put like But can you handle the power? Yeah. Can you handle the power? I guess that's the question that you're going to find out after eating it. Yeah, I'm totally on board with this. I think it makes sense to what we've established about Stardust. Benjamin, do you want to roll again? Yes! This is my favorite one. Number 20. Magical Pacts. With demons or gods, or uh, as Andrew put it when I asked him, thank you, Andrew, uh, summoning jutsu from Naruto. (laughs) There's more than one Naruto reference on this list. There absolutely is, and they're all from Andrew. (laughs) Who's responsible for this? And it's Andrew. This is one of my favorite like sources of magic because I think it's such an interesting like story thing. Like, who did you make your like? I mean, again, D and D is a warlock, but uh, who did you make your pact with? Why? Like, what caused you to? What did you gain from it? What are the yeah. costs of it? I think it's really cool. Yeah, I love the idea of magical packs. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of anime, but I did watch Fairy Tale. Oh was yeah, on Netflix, which I happen to quite enjoy actually. And yeah, the magical pact system in that is really cool. I think. It was all constellations. It was all zodiac signs in that show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So she would have like a pact. She had like a pact with cancer or something like that with cancer. That's cool for us because of our star thing. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe constellations. Can you make make pacts with constellations or with stars in this world? I I love that. Constellations. Yeah, that's cool. We can make up all our own constellations. Yeah. Yeah. That might get into our, like, because we haven't even talked about, like, our pantheon or, like, our gods, but maybe maybe yeah. stars play into that, too. Like, maybe they kind of act as gods. That's really know. cool. Um, Jasper, do you have any uh, opinions on demon pacts? <laughs> oh, do I ever? Yeah. Don't make pacts with demons, kids. Yeah. We haven't talked about demons at all. So, yeah, Jasper, hit us with some stuff. Just general knowledge about demon pacts? I don't know. No, do I you... mean, like, how do, do you have ideas for, like, like are our demons, like, sort of traditional, like, they come from a fiery hell? Or whatever, or what do you what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, you could have in another hell dimension. You could have demons. Maybe demons are aliens that came from outer space. <laughs> You've really tapped into this world, Jasper, without <laughs> any knowledge of it before. Which is that everything comes from space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think demons could come from space. I also kind of like the idea of maybe demons are like the manifestation of like I was going to say human, but like I guess not just human, but like beings like worst aspects. Like their ugliness or their like evil acts is what creates demons. Is that weird? No, that's kind of cool. I'm into that. Yeah. Can you make a pact with them? Yeah, I mean, I th- definitely. I think you could make a pact. I don't know if it's the case of you have to make a pact with one that was created out of your own evil act. That could be Ooh. interesting. Or maybe you have to sign a deal with your own darkness. Yeah. Well, let's open the doors to all the people who want to get really edgy and just welcome <laughs> them into our world. Is it's, that I so- mean, you know, hey, it's Star Scar, baby. It's not Star Bound. <laughs> <laughs> it's the edgiest realm. The edgiest realm. <laughs> That's how we market it. Is this almost straying into Horcrux territory? Like the idea that truly awful acts create some sort of... Well, not... I guess Horcruxes tear off a piece of your soul. That was my favorite aspect of Horcruxes. Like, I thought yeah. that was that was the coolest part was that you had to do something really horrible to create one. And then it was like, what the heck did he do for all? Like, he made seven Horcruxes. What did he do for all of them? Except for, I think they were all just murders, which is yeah. kind of boring. But yeah. um, you should have to do a different one for each. <laughs> you have to do each of the seven deadly sins. <laughs> you just, like, lay on the couch where you're eating chips. And then you got the sloth demon on your side. <laughs> 
I think I would have created that Horcrux if that were the case. <laughs> no offense to murderers. No offense to murderers, I guess. But murder's kind of like All the murderers out there are like, hey! <laughs> Demons as a manifestation of your own darkness. So, like, the, wor- the worst thing you think about yourself, provided that, like, gets so ugly and, like, all-consuming inside of you that it manifests as, like, a separate person. I think you have to act on it. I don't want it to just be, like, yeah. ugly thoughts. I think it has to be ugly actions. Okay. And not, but not necessarily murder. Like, I think that, I don't know, I think there's definitely, like, horrible things you can do that don't actually involve, like, killing or torturing anyone, right? Yeah. Like, betraying a friend. Uh, I was going to say, like, betrayal, right? That's often looked at as one of the worst things you can do. And I think in certain situations, that could be so bad. Right? Undo- undoing the magical gravity on your neighbor's house. <laughs> that, that would be murder. I'm into that. Yeah. All right, and then you can make a pact with your own darkness. Oh, I'm so into that. Cool, cool, cool. Jasper, go... Roll. Can okay. Roll. Can I just randomly pick one that I really want to talk about? Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, that's a guest privilege only. Is, it, is it magic schools? <laughs> it's not magic schools. Oh, damn it. It's familiars. <laughs> familiars. Okay. Familiars. Number love five. familiars. From Scott. Thank you, Scott. What do you love about familiars? I love animals. <laughs> no i just i love the idea of having presumably an animal i guess a familiar doesn't have to be an animal but the idea of an animal that is your companion and follows you around and totally helps you do magic is just great off mic after the first episode i mentioned to ben that one of my ideas that we hadn't talked about was a society maybe that's similar to like a golden compass where everybody has a familiar yeah i am pro that I would love if Jasper picking this as our excuse to implement this, because I really like it too. Yeah, no, that's cool. I'm cool with that. Let me hit you with this. Tell me yes or no. Familiars, are they are they creatures that were changed by the Starfall to serve people? Or like or is there like a or are an they emotional that were given animal form or something? Yeah. What is a familiar? Oh, those are both very good options. We only have a minute and 50 ah. seconds, so flush it out quick. Okay. Quick. Uh, Do some work for us, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Familiars came from outer space. No, I like the idea of them it's being... All it's all lizards. <laughs> it's all lizards. lizards. Familiars, I like the idea that they're... Anim- Maybe they were animals that were like infected by Stardust. Well, are they attached to specific people are do you have to go out and find a familiar you have to go out and catch a familiar with a pokeball pokeball (gasps) i like that it's part of a coming of age of the society (gasps) to go out and get your familiar yeah make a spiritual bond with it you have to go out into the forest and stay there for three days and three nights and make offerings and sing the ancient song of your people to call a familiar to you is stardust involved in this in any way Maybe. Like you catch a ferret and you just rub it all over this ferret? Yeah, uh, 50 seconds. Is that what we're going to go with? I definitely I definitely think like you couldn't do it before the Starfall. This is a random idea, but like what if you have to save an animal's life in order for it to become your familiar? Ooh. Yeah. So you might have to, some people would be in the woods for weeks yeah. trying to make this happen. Some people would die in the woods. Yeah. Some Someone out there, like an old hermit who's just never been able to save an animal's life. And he's just like, uh, kids, I, I tried to save a deer a long time ago, but uh, so it died. Sad. It died before <laughs> I could. All these, I all almost these kids, had one. All these kids going off on their adventures with their familiars. Being like, <laughs> Haha, let's go. <laughs> and that's the duck. The duck, that's the duck is... Fellas. The duck, duck has landed. landed. Good work, everyone. Yeah, well, we, we got some stuff. We said some words. I think we so. We wrote some things down. We... 
Thank you so much for joining us, Jasper. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. Well, we'll be happy to have you back soon, I'm sure. Excellent. Yeah, for the vampires episode, gender episode, elves episode. Vampires, <laughs> yeah. elves episode, um, familiars episode. I don't know if we'll do a whole episode on familiars, but maybe for that society, if we do an episode just about that region. Do you think that they like hire people to like go out hunting animals and then you have to stop them? Maybe rich people, maybe does a rich person do that though? Like the like Draco Malfoy, like... <laughs> Hey, my dad will catch my familiar. <laughs> the, the Gary Oak in this scenario. Oh my god, yeah. I'm really liking all the Pokemon. The Pokemon <laughs> stuff going on here. Oh my god, this has my head swirling with ideas. All Pokemon related. Um, Follow us on Twitter at ThisRealmPod. That's at ThisRealmPod, where we'll post what the next episode we're doing is and what suggestions we need from you guys. And you can also email those suggestions to thisrealmpod at gmail.com. I'm Adrian. I'm Ben. And I'm Jasper. And remember, it takes all murderers to make a world. (laughs) 